text for this morning's sermon is taken from verse 30 of our reading, page 2, verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation. After the administration of the word, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Babies are the focus of attention everywhere. When a new mother pushes a stroller containing her infant child through a shopping mall, strangers passing by will turn their heads to get the precious little bundle. Some will stop to make cute noises, complaining over the baby's cuteness, asking if it's a boy or a girl, how old the baby is. Babies also receive a lot of attention. Family and friends come to the occasion, rejoicing to see the child whose time of freedom has come. Along with the congregation, they come to offer their thanks to the Lord, to congratulate the parents, and to smile at the beautiful face. And so when Mary and Joseph entered the temple courts with Herod's command, we are not surprised to learn that people came to have a look, to explain their concern, and to congratulate the parents. But when Simeon and Anna met Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the temple, they did not quite know what to do. First of all, the Bible makes it clear that this was not a chance encounter, where Simeon and Anna just happened to see this angel in the same way that you just might happen to see a shopping mall. Luke 2 verse 27 says that Simeon came into the temple to buy some gifts. Verse 38 specifically states that Anna entered the temple This was clearly a divinely orchestrated event in the matter of Simeon's parents. What we also notice about the time when Simeon and Anna rejoiced over seeing baby Jesus is that the focus was not on Mary's happiness, indeed she sold a store for a few pieces of gold, nor was the focus on the cuteness of the baby that Simeon took up in his arms. There was no comment about Jesus' hair size or hair color. Rather, Simeon and Anna came over to came to praise God for the salvation of their Lord. When Simeon laid his eyes on Jesus, he did not see him as just another baby. Rather, he looked upon him believing that in his arms was the promised Messiah. He knew that this was the one he had been waiting for. He knew that this was the one for whom God was pleased to make his choice. He knew that with the birth of Jesus had come the fulfillment of God's promise So in deep gratitude to the Lord, he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for the face of all people. My eyes have seen your salvation. This is what Simeon saw when he heard your proclamation. And this is what I wish to preach to you about this morning. I preach to you the good news of Luke chapter 2 and its following verses. Simeon receives the comfort of seeing the Lord's salvation. We'll consider in the first place of what this salvation consists, and in the second place of whom this salvation comes. When you 
read the gospel accounts of the birth of Jesus Christ, you get the impression that for most of the people of Israel, the birth of Jesus Christ passed by with extraordinary rapidity. For those who were waiting for his birth, there was enough time to make them aware of his coming. First, there was Zacharias, who came out to see the birth, see the Lord, but who had obviously seen a vision of the Lord. Then there was the surprising news of the third wife of the Lord being pregnant and later giving birth to a son then Zechariah began to prophesy, praising God for raising up a horn of salvation. Indeed, these things were so surprising that people were talking about it like it was the biggest idea. Then there was the matter of Mary, a godly young woman of Nazareth, being pregnant and surprised in her conception. Then after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a group of shepherds had excitedly come into town, talking ab about angels and the stages they had seen. Now Jesus was revealed to them, and there were these two old people singing in Annas, prophesying that he was the promised Messiah. Later, wise men from the east would come to Jerusalem, speaking about the star, and asking where the king of the Jews was to be born. They were certainly fascinating people to have come to see, but for all that, most of the people of Israel did not know who the promised Messiah was. So why didn't they come? When they received reports that the Lord had visited his people, that he had raised up a horn of salvation, that he had remembered his holy covenant, that a savior had been born in the city of David who was Christ the Lord, why weren't they excited? Why didn't they at least check to see if these things were so? How could they be in those minds so crazy? That, of course, is a question not just for the people of Judea this morning, today as well. We live in a world that hungers for love and joy and peace. We live in a society that longs for comfort from broken hearts, freedom from imprisonment and radical praise from those who despair. But when Christmas and Easter are celebrated, the manger and the cross are all but forgotten and taken for granted. 2,000 years later, Jesus still finds think that we can find all sorts of reasons for this. There is a failure to see that in Jesus had come salvation and joy. But I suggest that an underlying reason for the people of Israel's joy in Jesus Christ was because they were not expecting him. They were looking for a savior, but not that kind of savior. They were hoping for redemption, but not that kind of redemption. They wanted restoration, but not the kind of restoration that would require David to become the first king of Nazareth. Many of the Jews who were seeking the Messiah were searching for one who would come with power and the forces of a mighty army. They were seeking a Messiah who would drive out the Roman oppression. Why couldn't Messiah come? They were searching for a savior whom they could rally behind, about whom they could shout Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They were looking for a savior who was a mighty warrior for whom God punished sin. They were not looking for a baby born to a virgin from Nazareth. They were not looking for Christ the Messiah. But not everyone in Israel was like that. Anna, a prophetess and daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher, was an old woman who spent her days and nights in prayer and fasting, virtually living for her Messiah. She was waiting for the Messiah says in verse 38 that there were also others who looked for him. 
salvation is by faith. And how could Simeon recognize that this baby Jesus, born in submission to the law, is the Savior of the world? It is because the Holy Spirit has given birth to Simeon. What sort of redeemer is this? Since the Messiah had not come to save Israel from the tyrant of Rome, but had instead come to save the world from the tyrant of sin, it was necessary that God's Son also necessary that Christ would would be born of a righteous man, Seth, be born under the law, submitting to it, so that in him the law might be fulfilled, and that we might be redeemed, the offspring of Abraham. Simeon was not seeking a savior who looked like a knight in shining armor, mounted on his stallion with an army waiting for him. Simeon was looking for a savior upon whom the fringe of the world would be placed. And therefore, when he saw Mary and Joseph and the little baby Jesus, and when the Holy Spirit told him that this was the one who was waiting for him, he believed that the child was the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. In faith, he took Jesus in his arms and gave praise to God and told him, salvation you proclaim the salvation of this one Lord we do not believe this becomes clear later on in the gospel according to Luke when Jesus began his ministry many people came to him from Jerusalem and Judea and Galilee they were hoping that he would be the king of Israel and bring them peace they were hoping that he would bring them peace and they were most excited when Told him about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed 
word to our God all through the day. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to death and put him to death. Well, why did that make these demons hold back? I wonder what their story was. Maybe they were hoping that it would be
this child to be rescued for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and Judah, for a sign which will be spoken to you, yes, a sword will pierce you through and through your soul, and that the thoughts of your heart may be revealed. From the birth of Jesus Christ until the coming rightly of God in the world of Advent, salvation not just is committed to God's calling and his design, but he was to be the savior of the whole world. Now kingly in Advent salvation that Christ had come to bring was not to be delayed. His coming would not only bring peace to those who were oppressed. Christ would come as a rock to be either to be established upon or to be crushed under. And Mary was told that not everyone who would believe would see the Christ, but to welcome him as the Messiah. Many would find in him all that was needed for their salvation, but by others he would be confronted with the Christ, we cannot help but stumble. If we are truly humbled by our sin and earnestly seek the redemption that Christ has come to bring, we will find him worthy. Him who has won every possession in our affection. But those who do not look to him as the Savior of the world, but find him to be a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. That is the choice tragedy is that there are still so many people today who do not even look to him as their savior. They do not even heed the news of the Savior who has come. In Romans 10 verse 1, the Apostle Paul wrote, Brethren, my heart's desire is that the prayers of God's people might be accepted and heard. And that is a desire that all of us should have, those who do not confess the salvation of Jesus Christ. A desire we should have not just for the truth, is the time for us to proclaim urgently to the world that salvation is only found in Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The time will come when everyone will see Jesus as their Savior. The time will come when even those who reject him will be forced to bow the knee and confess that he is Lord. But today, the salvation that Christ has accomplished Today, Jesus Christ must be proclaimed to the world as the one whom God appointed to save us from our sins and to redeem a people for himself. He is the light that brings salvation and revelation to the Gentiles. We must proclaim that light to the nations. When Simeon saw Jesus and took him up in his arms, he knew and he believed that the consolation of Israel, the Savior of the world, had come. He saw it with his eyes of Israel, Jesus Christ is risen. Today we are once more called to seek him and his salvation. The story of Jesus being presented in the temple with Simeon and Anna declaring that he is the Christ, the Son of God, was given to us so that we might be certain that it is true. When through the eyes of faith we see Jesus dead, crucified, buried, and raised for our salvation, we too shall look to him. 
you will live in the joyful comfort of salvation. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. He is the Savior, the consolation of Israel, 